Yo, I don't know what's happening in the world of love. I don't know, Damage Blue, if you guys have love. But again, I'm on this quest to decide if I really want to be in love or not. And Bego is not the route to help. I'm stressed today because I went to bed last night <laughs> stressing over these Bego niggas. Um, I, I thought I found love. I Actually, I think I found love every other day. And I thought I found love recently in Virginia. But it comes to find out there's no shit niggas in Virginia, too. So I'm single. I can tell you that. So, Mm-hmm. Well, well, Jason, I want to know, what, what are you looking for when you say love? Like, what, what are some qualities you're looking for? You know what's so crazy? The fans that have watched this show from day one, at this point, they probably think I'm full of shit because every other week I've either <laughs> looked for love or I found it. Um, in this today, where we sit today, you know, my best friend Calvin, he asked me, he said, what is it? Why is it that you're navigating towards this one person? Why is it that you're just, you're going towards this one person? And I said, because when you have so many people coming at you, and they're all about what you do and who you know, when that one person comes to you and they're getting at you for you, they they, they slip through the cracks. And so right when I thought I found somebody, come to find out this nigga's a whole Bego thought. Like he's in other rooms talking to other people and trying to find himself. And then he was a cheater. And, and it, like, it's just, I, I'm too caught up in it. And at this point, people keep trying to tell me like, what I need to do is just stay focused on me and love will come. But where's it at? I keep waiting. No. I don't agree with that, Jason. I think you got to go and be a part of the, be a part of your own rescue. I don't think you're supposed to just sit back and magically love trickles down on you, man. It's like I want a good job. I can't just sit at home and hope somebody calls me for an interview. That shit don't happen like that. But sometimes it does, though. Sometimes when you're vibrating really high, you attract somebody in the middle of doing something else. I tried to do bigo with Jason, and I turned into an addict in my first day. Um, I woke up almost late for work. I actually had a mishap (laughs) where I was in a Zoom call that bored me a little bit. And so I went on Beagle during the Zoom call, but didn't realize I was unmuted. And everybody on the call had to text me and say, who are you kikiing with? Can you please mute yourself? So Beagle is addictive, Jason. I don't know why you brought this into my life. And now I need an intervention. Thanks a lot. For those of you that don't know (laughs) what Beagle is, Beagle is a live streaming app. And this is free promo only because I want you to literally... Come out of this show and go find us on Bego. You actually get paid to talk to people. I get paid to talk to people and they pay me and I pay them. Like it's this exchange going on. So I have an agency there. Blue and Damage are in my agency. Damage don't show up. Blue is on there reading tarot cards and all types of witchcraft. Yeah. I'll tell you, if you want to join the party, you can't just email me at Bego at HollywoodOnlock.com. B-I-G-O at HollywoodOnlock.com. Yeah, it's great. I mean, I've enjoyed it. And I will say, like, if you're active and you're consistent, the checks are great. So it's just extra money. Really? Yeah. I will say this, though, Bego uh, had a moment that I've been dreaming of come true. And I can say that I pulled a card and it said Jason Lee's heart is beautiful and open. So I'm just really hey. happy that Jason trusted me to pull a card for him. And it was a beautiful card. It said you're ready for love, Jason. Now, I was surprised. I was very surprised. But what I say, Jason, do you feel like you run away from situations too quickly, though? Mm. No, no, no. I will say when you do get in your 40s and people used to say this, I didn't believe it. When you get to your 40s, you know when you on some fuck shit, you know, when somebody, that's true, I'm gonna give it to you because like you just have been around the block so much. And especially if you're dating someone like in their late twenties or or early mid thirties, because they're going through the cycle you've already gone through 20 is when you should have your reckless fun. You should be, every hole in your body should be filled up with dick or something. I don't know. You should, or if you're a woman or, or one of me, um, but you know, it, or if you're a man, <laughs> if you're a man like damaged, you know, you should be fucking everything you can. That's in your twenties. In your thirties, 
you should be like coming out of your whole phase, realizing that it's time to settle down and figuring out everything that you want. By 40s, you should be settled. And that's what I'm saying. Right now, I'm mid-40s and I have no clue. Like, I woke up this morning on some fuck nigga shit. I'm just going to like make all this money, live out my life, fly them in, live out my life, live, fly them in when I want them there and then fly them out when I don't. And then if I get lonely, get a dog. Oh, okay. That's Probably how you want to go out with the dog? With the dog. I mean, do, do aren't you guys tired of investing in people that aren't giving you a return on your investment? I did consider getting a dog uh, the other day because you know you know why I considered it. This is how I ended up on Bigo because the ex that I talked about that got secretly married, um, I thought this person was hidden from my page, and I accidentally saw a post of them and the new wife, and I like spiraled and went on Bigo to have a conversation and vent about all my feelings. So yeah, I was like, maybe I should get a dog. Dogs don't do this to you. No, so I'm no concerned. blue. I feel like if 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 you get a dog, that means you're giving up. I don't want none of my ladies at a certain point. <laughs> exactly I feel like when you get that dog, I gave up on love. Hell no, you're not getting a dog. Not on my watch. You're right. You're right. Well, Every single woman I know happened. over 35 who has a dog has given up on love unless she already has a man or a, a partner. So you're right. The I'm, dog means I'm, I surrender. I'm at a point in my life now where I'm not looking. That's it. I give up. I give up. I give up. I cast <laughs> love back to the heavens. I am done. If it falls in my lap, literally or figuratively, I will accept it, but I'm not looking anymore. I'm not looking for it on Beagle. If you sign up on Beagle and also Damage and Blue, do not fall into the Beagle storyline trap. They make these stories up where they make you think you're in love and then they go put you on blast on another live and then it becomes like this crazy shit. Like I found myself confronting somebody last night on Beagle. Don't you put my name in? And I was like, I'm back on Love and Hip Hop. Like this is crazy. So yeah, I'm done. Yeah, there is habit. No, it's like you joined a cult. No, no, damage, damage. Don't lie. But there was somebody on Beagle, and Jason, you saw it, and he kept saying my name, and he was, he was, he's also pansexual, and um, yeah, he followed me into a couple of rooms, and my eyes got crossed for a second. I was like, no, don't do it. So, and that was only like the second night. Like I was getting heart eye emojis about somebody. So yeah, Beagle, yeah, be careful. Falling on in love on Bigo. I'm sending love to all of you people on Bigo looking for love. Stay out my DMs. Leave me alone. Me and my family's cool. I do want to give a shout out to Black China. Um, she she came she came through for me in the clutch. I needed her to come to New York and do something for me the other day, and she flew in the day before Easter and showed oh. love to one of the creators, Mother Kitty on Bigo, who's a cashy person who shows a lot of love, but she's a trans woman, trans mother of three, who's doing her thing on the app. And so uh, Black China flew into New York City. She showed love to her, showed up on her live, and, and she she did that. But also, we've had, like, Ryan and, and Sky from Black Ink Crew, Tahiri. We've had uh, Marlo Hampton from Real Housewives of Atlanta, as well as Justina Valentine from MTV's Wild and Out join. And we have more friends joining. So I have a really important guest coming next week. So you should go find us on Beagle, man. Lots of fun. Again, if you want to join the agency, it's Beagle at HollywoodUnlocked.com. I want to send love out also to DMX. He's a hip hop icon, as you know. DMX um, has recently found himself in the middle of a healthcare battle, and friends and family and fans are sending prayers to him. Uh, who rec he recently had a heart attack, and it was triggered by an alleged drug overdose. And so the rapper's fifty years old, and we all know DMX. Mm. Uh, he's been a, an industry icon for years. In fact, one of the best rap and hip-hop concerts I ever went to was back in the day in Sacramento where I went to go see DMX perform. And I remember just feeling like, yo, this guy has an energy that is just 
you just you never seen anything like it before. And so to have that memory of him on that stage with all that energy and now know that he's laying in a vegetative state, you know, and with his friends and family uh, outside holding prayer vigils, it's really it's really emotional. And so the last time we saw him, he was really bubbly and dancing in a video with his fiance. We have that video. I'll show you real quick. And so here he is full of life, not too long before it. <laughs> And, you know, he looks healthy and it's just a reminder that you never really know when your time is up or when something's going to happen. And on top of that, if you're allegedly using drugs, you know, uh, anything can happen. But I don't know. Where were you guys when you heard about what, what happened? I was actually Man. on the phone. I was on the phone with a friend. And you, you have to think about it. You know, I grew up in the 90s. Like the 90s was I was an adult in the 90s. Right. So like. DMX was the soundtrack of so much of my memories of how I came into my womanhood. And a lot of my friends and I have like really fond memories of him. We always thought that Earl would retire and be one of those OG telling stories. You know what I mean? So I was on the phone with my best friend and he was like, oh my God, I think DMX is in the hospital. I was like, no, don't say that. And for a quick second, I was like, maybe it's going to be like a Dr. Dre kind of scenario where he's in, but then he bounces back. But as the days continue, I'm getting increasingly more nervous. And if we get the news that we're all dreading, I'm going to be devastated. I'm going to be so devastated, honestly. Yeah. Um, DMX was definitely uh, one of my first CDs I had as a kid. My mom got as dark and hell is hot. And DMX, I looked at as an icon because he was making that successful transition from the music into television doing the big movies, like big budget movies and him and Aaliyah. And mm -hmm. I just thought he's going to have such an amazing career and it was railroaded by the same thing that put him in the same vegetated state. And it's just so sad, you know, and um, my, my prayers go out to his family, man. Addiction is a really hard thing to deal with being a friend, being DMX's anybody that's in DMX's camp. I know they're feeling it because I'm sure anybody around that man really cared and really tried to help him. Well, a couple yeah. of observations. I mean, lots of people in the industry, like Swiss beats, who's reported last uh, hanging out with Rick Ross, CI, Eric B. A lot of people have shown a lot of love on social media. But uh, I will tell you, it was this one video that I saw of Funkmaster Flex that actually caught my attention because literally as I was seeing all of this love being shown, it's the one thing that popped in my mind. And I swear to God, I'm not pessimistic. I'm going to show this video of what Funk uh, Flex had to say, and then I want to get into it. Look at DMX and him getting hurt. If he gets past it, I want to ask everybody that posted, said something about it, put up 10 posts. Okay, are you going to go to his house now if he's better and give him some advice? Maybe he didn't make a lot of money in the last five days. You're going to, you're going to provide something? Or, or, or what are you going to do? You, have, you know what the craziest thing to me, and maybe I'm venting today? People can find the picture of the video that they had with the person that's going through a tragedy in 30 seconds. But you haven't called that person in 10 years. You haven't called them in five. Because you're not putting up that picture or that post because you are concerned about some people. You're trying to make the affiliation that you know the person. He has a point. The part that he said that hit me was when he said, you can find the post of the person that you took with this person. You can find the photo or the video in 30 seconds. But in 10 years, you couldn't call and check on that person. Now, DMX has been the butt of many jokes online. Remember when he was running naked in the hallway where they say he was on drugs, uh, when he would go to jail, all the different times that he was having his trials publicly. 
uh, people ridiculed and made fun of him. You know, he was this, he was he was he was a joke. And then now, because he's potentially gonna die, everybody's coming with these heartfelt memories. And you know, knowing that he's such an iconic figure in hip hop and 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 a, and a figure to pop culture. You know, why is it that people wait until you're dying or dead to celebrate you and to give you your flowers and not do it when you're alive? Clout. Um, so two points here. I do agree. I, I feel weird about the posting of pictures when, you know, somebody's passing or about to pass. Like I have pictures with Kim Porter. I just started posting pictures that I had with Nip. To me, I feel the same way. It feels disingenuous, right? But at the same time, when it comes to drug addiction and DMX and anybody, I've dealt, I have people in my family that are addicted to drugs. That is a really hard battle. And you can't put that on somebody. You can't say, oh, did you call them? I'm sure more than a handful of people wanted DMX to get off of drugs. I know it. That is something you have to overcome on your own. You have to hit your rock bottom on your own. So it's hard to put that when it's addiction on other people. Yeah, I understand that. But I mean, like my mother was on drugs. My mother battled with drugs her whole life. And she also battled with mental health. And even when I didn't understand it, I had to find compassion. I didn't get to wait until she died to give her her flowers. I literally and physically gave her her flowers before she died and had to come to terms with forgiveness and had to be there and be present. And I just I just I, I just wonder, like, when do we get to a place of literally giving people all of their flowers while they're still alive. You know, I recently posted on my Instagram where I gave Tiffany Haddish a beautiful bouquet of flowers and Remy Ma a bouquet of flowers. And when Remy Ma called me and said, why did you send me these? I said, why not? You deserve your flowers. We need to be sending people their flowers when they can actually receive and accept them and appreciate them. So I, I agree with the sentiment of giving people their flowers while they're here, but I don't necessarily agree with Funkmaster Flex's tone um, it felt kind of like he was scolding people. And the reason why I don't agree with that is because he is making a lot of assumptions, right? He doesn't know what people had private conversations with um, DMX prior to him going to the hospital. He doesn't know what moments people shared with him. He doesn't know, to Damage's point, who might have tried to help him and realize that addiction is a very slippery slope and sometimes you have to pull back for your own mental health. So not only does his um, rant make a lot of assumptions that might actually be false in the cases that he doesn't know about, also, let's say somebody took that logic, right, and said, wow, I haven't talked to Earl in a while. Let me not be fake and post a picture. We'd all be dragging them and saying, why aren't you showing support? So it's almost like you're damned if you do and if you're damned if you don't. Let's flip the script. He may not know specifically what's going on in his life, but I could tell you as a public figure, somebody who's endured public criticism, who's been attacked, who's been judged, who's been labeled all types of things. Conversations that I've had with some of my friends, especially the more high profile friends, is if you don't support me publicly, don't support me privately. I've had so many people come and tell me how much they believe in me, support me, they this, this, that, whatever, rah, rah, rah. But then when shit gets tough, they don't show up for me. And I could tell you as a person who's endured that, it doesn't feel good. And it really does, it really does make you question yourself. It makes you question the people that you're around because we all want to be surrounded by love when we're in hard times. But I would be damned if Jason Lee's in the vegetative state, knock on wood, and the people who don't even post and support me now and tell me how much they appreciate me or love me or want me to be better, don't show up and do that now. Why wait until I'm laying in the bed when there's a bunch of fans outside fighting, you know, praying that I, I, I live and I survive this misfortune when y'all all knew I was struggling? How many of y'all pulled up? Now, maybe there, there could be an assumption that none of these people pulled up on him or tried to get him through anything. But T.I. will post something about, everything in the world when it comes to trying to manage the black uh, lives matter movement 
you know, but he won't, you know, post about DMX until DMX is laying in the bed, unable to post for himself. So I don't know. I think, I think Funkflex yeah. being a public figure who's gone through a lot of his own public battles when people probably haven't showed up for him, but still use this platform and still call him behind the scenes. Maybe he feels it on a more personal level. Yeah. Um, I think Funkmaster Flex's position comes from a personal place. And I think he specifically knows who he's speaking to. Now, is this the best example for his argument? Maybe not. I do feel like everything he's saying is truthful. I don't know if DMX is the perfect example, but I do feel like Funk Flex being in the game as long as he had, he must have seen one or two posts that didn't sit right with him and caused him to do that. I will say that there has to, that had to come from a personal place. He has to know something. I am someone who lost somebody that I hadn't talked to in months and months and months. And then being in the hospital was a wake up call for me. So even if he knows inside information, he doesn't know people's hearts. And if somebody hadn't talked to DMX in years and then saw him in the hospital and he was like, damn, I didn't do right by Earl. Let me post something because I do love him. I don't think there's anything. I don't, that's not necessarily fake to me. Sometimes death or near death is a wake up call and that's a valid reaction. So I don't think that everybody who posted is fake. I don't, I don't yeah, agree with that, that. that. That's your wake up call. That's for you. And so that post to show love is for you because your gut, your, your insecurity as a friend now kicked in and you want to do something to make you feel that you're doing something. It's not about the person laying in the bed. I'm going to tell you right now, everybody watching fans, friends, family, whatever. If you didn't show me love while I was here, stay the fuck away when I'm struggling. Don't come, I don't want you to pull up. Let your guilt lie where it is because when I chose to show my mother love before she died, when she was going through similar battles like DMX is, I didn't need to post it on social media. I showed up for her. I did what I needed to do for her. And my experience was all about her. We do live in a world where people feel like if you don't see it on social media, it doesn't exist. So that can play both ways. Maybe they were helping privately and we didn't see it on social. And so now we do. Or maybe they never helped before. And now we see it on social media. Either way, we send our collective prayers to DMX. We want to see you pull Absolutely. through this. Yes. You, you are important to the culture. You know, I, I don't feel guilty for having to write about the things that you've done because that's the work that we do. But I also do want to see you win and pull out of this unfortunate situation. Another person I, I'm glad is pulling out of an unfortunate situation is YG. Now, I could tell you, I've been having calls with everybody from Clubhouse, Instagram, Facebook, every Bego about my experience with social media because social media and these platforms that we utilize to push and promote our brands and our movements, you know, they really do control how we move. And recently, YouTube, they pulled a YG anti-Asian song, Meet the Flockers, and re-upload a censored version. So... I don't know if you guys heard of this, but he has a song uh, and this is happening in the midst of the whole uh, Stop Asian Hate Movement, you know, where Asians are being attacked for no reason at all, all around the country. So a YouTube employee demanded that the company remove YG's 2014 song, quote, Meet the Flockers, claiming that the song was, quote, anti-Asian. And so this employee, you know, felt some type of way and argued that the song promoted violence against the community, the Asian community, and as YG tells the story of how to rob an Asian household. And so on the song, he says, first, find a house and scope it out. Find a Chinese neighborhood because they don't believe in bank accounts. Now, YouTube first rejected the employee's request, saying that the song fell under their education documentary, scientific and artistic ca uh, content category. But after much backlash, the company now and YG's label have removed the song. And a, a couple of hours later, they re-uploaded it with the word Chinese cut out. Now, is this overreacting? Is this too much that this employee wants to have this song taken down? Or is this just like, is this just another day at YouTube? 
I don't want to say it's overreacting because if that happened and it was a song like that about my community, I probably would feel the same way. Um, but so many that years song later, does. So many years it, later, though. But there's a lot of crimes because people like YG, influential people, are saying things, and the idiots listening to these things are going out and attacking the Asian community. So I can see the valid point of at least censoring that part, um, taking the whole song down. Okay, but the fact that he was able to put it up and actually edit that out, I give YouTube, um, I give him some credit for that because I think in any other case, they would just say, take the whole song down, F that, it's bad. But I do feel like, you know, these things affect the community. The Asian community is being attacked because Donald Trump called oh. coronavirus the, the, uh, the China flu and got a bunch of idiots really, really angry and blaming all of COVID on Asian people. So the fact that these attacks were because of a stereotype, I think it would make sense not to give people anthems with more stereotypes mm -hmm. to be listening to. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like they're just randomly being attacked for no reason. And by the way, there's a song. The stereotypes like the ones in the song are why they're being attacked. So there's a direct correlation. So why not err on the side of caution if people lies are at stake? It's one line, one lyric in a song is worth potentially not giving a little black boy because we know that when our people do things, it hits different, right? If a white guy shoots a bunch of Asian people, he had a bad day. But if we do it, suddenly he's not even going to make it to the, the cop car. So I don't want any black boys and girls listening to YG and hearing an anti-Asian song and having a stupid moment and being treated very differently than their white counterparts. So I actually, for me, as someone who has kids around me that I love, I'd rather err on the side of caution. I think it's misplaced accountability. At the end of the day, like Blue said, Donald Trump started the hate towards the Asian community. Uh, all of us have been suffering from PTSD as it related to the coronavirus. And you had a president sit up there with his orange ass talking about the China flu, the China flu, the China flu. And remember here in California, they were attacking the Chinese people in San Francisco to the extent that Nancy Pelosi had to go out in the streets to try to support and march with them. And this is before the recent attacks. And so what we've been seeing now with people getting attacked, a 65-year-old woman beaten and kicked in the head. Uh, by a man who nobody helped. Everybody stood by and watched. We now live in a world where, in a country where Chinese people can be attacked for no reason at all. But the, I, I'll give you a reason, Donald Trump, as Blue said. Now, why do, would this employee be so fed up with uh, with uh, YG when this video has sat on YouTube for so many years? When we had a president sitting in the White House at a podium giving anti-Semitic uh, and anti-Asian uh, rhetoric every single day like every day he woke up he had something negative to say about mexicans chinese people he discarded the black community and black issues saying that people killing us in different cities around the country were not so bad people also um i i personally think that it's a scapegoat this uh, yg is being uh, uh, used as a scapegoat for a larger issue that they don't want to address and also, Fuck Donald Trump was a hit song that everybody in the world yep. felt. Everybody mm -hmm. wanted to say Fuck Donald Trump. YG had the courage to do it, and they were trying to censor him with that. And so, uh, you know, again, it, but it goes back to if you're black in this country, we can we can easily rearrange your shit to fall in line with the bigger agenda. And I, I, I've been in this conversation with social media companies lately about what I believe is missing in the culture. I believe that we should be able to reach our community the way that our community wants to be reached, of course, in a safe and trusted space, but also be able to reach the full community without restrictions or having to pay. And I think for me, I'm kind of taking away from this that we need to have more platforms that are for us by us. So absolutely. Yeah, I absolutely. don't know who that is, but we, somebody need to create it. FUBU? <laughs> we, need, we need FUBU part two? David Johns, come back. We need a, we need a, we, we need a food, David Johns. Not David Who, Johns. Uh, what's his name? 
No, I said the wrong name. I forgot his name too. Uh, no, it's something I Johns. It. What's something Johns? What is his name? Damon. Oh. Damon. 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 Damon Johns. Damon Johns. I was close. David Johns sound like somebody in a bathhouse. Well, look, uh, don't worry, no, need, no, no need to apologize, Blue, but I will tell you who is apologizing, Cher. Cher is like 95 years old, at this point living in Malibu, super rich, like the most Botox you could ever find. Cher is apologizing for not appropriate George Floyd tweets. All right, so everybody knows that I'm big on supporting black brands because me, myself, I'm a black brand. But look, one of my followers sent me a card, and I want to read this for you. It says, Jason Lee, thanks for posting great content. We hope you enjoy rocking remember my name also thank you for supporting small businesses if you need anything please let me know don't let anyone's ignorance hate drama or negativity stop you from being the best person you can be and continue breaking barriers let your response be memor uh be remember my name love garrett listen remember my name let me tell you about this dope clothing line re named remember my name remember my name is a black owned and operated clothing company based in new orleans the story behind the name came from founder and CEO Gary Anderson as an adolescent and as a way of proving naysayers wrong about his creative abilities. He remembered writing the term, remember my name in the sand in Mexico while vacation with his friends while he was a teenager. And he realizes that God gave him this vision to encourage others as well as create opportunities for those in need. So let your response be to anyone that is trying to block your vision be, remember my name. And for info on him and his brand, go to his website, www.remembermyname.com and check out his Instagram, geatrical underscore experience. Now go and don't forget to remember his name. The legendary song Trisher came under fire after expressing how she believed she could have saved George Floyd from being killed by Derek Chauvin. Now she took to her Twitter with almost 4 million followers and she tweeted and posted this, this post. She says, I was talking with my mom and she said, I watched the trial of a policeman who killed George Floyd and cried. I said, Mom, I know this is going to sound crazy, but I think he, I keep thinking that maybe if I'd been there, I could have helped. I don't know why people are so mad. I mean, y'all are so busy inviting everybody to the cookout, like Blue said, who does one right thing. Now, is Cher invited to the cookout or now is she uninvited to the cookout? You know what? I read Cher's tweet and I thought nothing was wrong. I honestly identified with it. I felt the same way when I watched the video. I'm like, in a weird way, I was like, damn, if I was there, is it something I could have said? Maybe agitated? So I felt that. I really felt like her tweet was coming from a really good place. And maybe I'm part of the problem, why people think they could just say anything. But I felt like Cher was right on this one. I did. Okay, so I wouldn't say Cher. I don't feel like Cher was right. But I love Cher and I wasn't offended because white guilt makes old, sweet, white liberals say dumb stuff all the time, right? Like, it it happens all the time. <laughs> so I was like, oh, mama needs to sit down, right? Because I love Cher and I, I, I trust her heart. The reason why other people who bristle a little bit easier were upset was, you guys remember that movie, The Blind Side with Sandra Bullock? There's something called mm -hmm. the white savior thing that white women think I can save every big black man I see by just hugging him and telling him how to speak English correctly and giving him a home cooked meal. So I think a lot but of people are just tired. They're just tired of the white savior syndrome. And but so she got that, that backlash. 
But the issue that I have with all the tired black people is we have to stop being mad when white people want to align with our issues and want to be a part of supporting our community and telling them that they have no place saying anything or attributing it to all the other PTSD we have from other issues like the one that you said that is valid. There are white people that believe that they can fly down with a cape and save us from our issues. But I welcome allies that don't look like us to be a part of a bigger problem because they are going to be a part of the bigger solution. Let's keep it. Let's keep it 1000. Right. They do listen to white people. They're going to listen to a share. They're going to listen to a Charlize Theron, even though she's African. But but people who white or who look like them. They have a different conversation that we do. I'm not saying it's a more important conversation. I'm not even saying it's a more efficient conversation. I'm just saying when it comes to the fight for equality, I'm not going to tell Cher that she can't say something that reaffirms or or resurfaces an issue that's important, not only to our community, but to the world. And I think by her commenting on it, by her commenting on it, probably brought more eyeballs back to the Derek Chauvin case. So now people are like, what the fuck is going on? Because Cher's like 99,000 years old. She's going to communicate to those women who vote, who the white Republicans pay attention to. She's talking to middle America and she's saying, listen, bitch, if all y'all thousand year old motherfuckers don't get on here and look at Derek Chauvin and make sure this bitch goes to jail, y'all going to hell too. And she's probably, I mean, I don't want to say Cher is close to death, but she's up there. And I think that this is her ability to get close to the guy. You know what? You know what? Um, You know, I will say, though, this is one of those times where the uproar um, in the media is worse than it was in real life. I went on Twitter. Most of the tweets I saw were black women like me saying, oh, no, baby, I love you, but this is not it. So it was a very sweet, like, we, we still rock with you. Just be careful because the angry ones are behind us. So I think a lot of black people actually completely agree with us on this panel and know that Cher is a good person. And a major message needs to be said. If you a black person out there and you're not doing shit to help shit, but complain, shut up. Like, shut up. Like, for real. Like, if you're not doing shit, shut up when somebody's trying to help. Like, this is a big fight going on here. So if you're not adding to the solution, shut the fuck up. Like, I'm really tired. Where maybe Cher did say the wrong thing, y'all. Maybe. But her heart was clearly in the right place. So shut the fuck up. Like, I don't, I'm just tired, man. I'm tired of this shit. Cher did apologize. This is what she said on Twitter. You know, she posted and said, I just got the phone with a friend, with a friend, Karen. (laughs) Why you call Karen, girl? Girl, you call Karen. Don't call her. She said, I just got the phone with my friend, Karen. Go to what happened and realize you can piss people off and hurt them by not knowing everything that's not appropriate to say. I know people apologize when they're in the jam, but to God, I'm truly sorry if I upset anyone in the black community. I know my heart. First of all, share. Karen, share. If you got a friend in your phone named Karen or Ken, <laughs> delete them right now because they will get you in trouble. Well, I can tell you who's not apologetic, and that's Paul Pierce. He just got fired by ESPN over some racy IG live with a stripper or some strippers. And so this NBA legend who I see at hookah all the time, so I'm definitely going to ask him about what I heard, um, is unapologetic after he got fired from ESPN over recent Racy IG Live, which features some strippers busting it wide open and massaging people. Now, let me just show you the video really quick, and then y'all tell me what you think. Ah. Oh. Oh. Hey, what's going on? What are you doing? <laughs> 
Monica, you should be here. You can make some money, girl. Stop playing. Monica, what you doing? You guys, throw some fucking chips, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go. 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 let us go after this went viral, and I guess he was getting a haircut, smoking weed, partying with his friends and some exotic dancers. It's the weekend. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Who cares? Like, why is why Doesn't he it fired? That sounds like regular LA nightlife to me. I, okay. I ain't seen nothing wrong with it. Maybe we're jaded, but like, number one, I love that he believes that little booties matter. I didn't see a single BBL in that whole crowd, so that's really cool to see, like, nat go. natural there bodies. But I'm gonna be honest, that's a regular Tuesday in Atlanta. That's not even the weekend in some places. It wasn't that explicit That was me, not, so. no, no, no. Now, now, that wasn't even as bad as that. I just got <laughs> back from Atlanta. I was at Swinging Richards. It was dick swinging everywhere. It, it gets exactly. worse. Exactly. That was, that was but, nothing. <laughs> But but really because is that is it because he violated company standards because they're saying mm -hmm. standard yep. for ESPN is that you don't hang with strippers you think Skip Bayless isn't getting his dick sucked by Tootie over at Hulu? No, he is. Can we talk about it? Can we talk about how this is a retired NBA superstar and his job is just a hobby? Can we talk about that? He don't give a fuck. He's probably like you know what today I'm gonna live my regular life on my IG live. Now, of course, if you have a job and you have code of conduct, you got to follow that. But if I was a millionaire like Paul Pierce, fuck your code of conduct, honestly. I, so I, I'm not mad at him. Do I have a code of conduct at Hollywood? Like, if, if so, I violate it. Oh. Look, uh, Pierce, Pierce took to his Twitter. Pierce took to his Twitter, and clearly he doesn't give a shit. Uh, he said, quote, big things are coming soon. Make sure you smile. Uh. Well, he says, yeah, but even in that video, he says, I can't lose even when I'm when I he said, I can't lose even when I lose. I'm winning. <laughs> yeah. The only person who yeah. should be mad at him is his wife. So if his wife is cool with it, I don't see the big deal. I'm gonna be honest. But and honestly, maybe not. He's just sitting there gambling, you know, with some strippers in the background. So it's like, yeah, that's like a regular it's night in Atlanta. Like you said, it's a regular <laughs> night in Atlanta. <laughs> gambling. Like what is gambling? I mean, it wasn't a lot of money. There was a lot of money. Jason. Yeah, I think it, you, it, it was probably a lot I'm of just money. Saying, his wife should be mad if he came home losing a lot of money, not because he was somewhere getting a back massage and one random stripper was in the back left falling. Like, they ain't, they ain't worth it. Well, Paul, she was me, falling. <laughs> Paul, let me say something. I think you are entitled to have fun. I think when you retire and you decide to go and give your likeness to a network like ESPN, you should still be able to have a personal life. Okay, you had a couple strippers. Okay, you smoked a blunt and drank. Okay, you gambled. Like, it's shit all niggas do. So, like, who cares? But this is what happens when you work for white folks. White folks be having white people rules. Like, my over here, you smoke <laughs> Hollywood a lot. If you got strippers, you smoke weed. Do what you got to do on your time. And if it's on your Instagram, it is what it is. Now, as long as you ain't fucking up my money, you ain't fucking up my content, I ain't worried about what you're doing. And that's what, it, at the end of the day, it's all about the advertisers, right? So if right. you have your main analyst out there smoking weed and you got like some kid shit playing on ESPN, it's like, oh, I can't really. So that's why. But Paul Pierce don't need the job. So everybody out there complaining like he's crazy. He dropped the bag. 
he been had the bag. He had the bag when he was 19 years old. So do your thing, Paul Pierce. Well, it's on a bag. It's a coin purse. Well, speaking of dropping the mm. bag, Hunter Biden dropped the bag of crack. Um, he dropped the bag of crack on the floor, and apparently he used to f- be frantic trying to pick it up through the rugs and smoke it. So, you know, the president, Joe Biden, his son, uh, Hunter, opens up about his battle with substance abuse, plus his FBI tax fraud case. And so ahead of the release of this book, he's now talking about how bad the drug addiction was and the fact that he was addicted to crack cocaine. And he said that he admitted that he spent more time on his hands and knees picking through rugs, smoking anything that even remotely resembled crack cocaine, and that he probably smoked more Parmesan cheese than anyone that he knows. He went 13 what? days without sleeping. <laughs> he just talks about smoking crack and drinking vodka. Uh, that's just crazy. And uh, what y'all think? Y'all, what y'all, what y'all, Par- Parmesan. Hey, let me tell you something about crack, man. <laughs> I watched it destroy a whole community, so I'm not surprised that he was on his hands and knees. And you know what's funny? That this is such like a big story because this man was a crack addict. You know how I many crack addicts we all know? Like, this is everyday shit for us, but it's a book well, for no, him. No, no. <laughs> it's crazy. We all don't know uh, crack addicts whose father is the leader of the free world. So that's why it's something to talk about. You know, and I, I, I personally think it does nothing but humanize Joe Biden even more that you have real life situations. I mean, I don't know a lot of white people on crack. It's good to know now a white person who's related to a crackhead. Uh, and and so I just two weeks ago, I was asking my friend, like, where do you buy crack at? Like, I don't even know where you buy crack. So, Jason, I mean, yeah, you're removed. I didn't want any crack. I'm just wondering, like, do they still sell crack? Because where I come from, I know where the crack yes. is at. Here, I don't know. L.A., I don't know where the crack is at. Yeah, this is jarring for me, but I think a lot of people, like you said, they think that crack is a black thing. And so there's going to be folks who are going to be like, I didn't even know that white folks could do crack. So I'm just a little bit scared for him because I feel like the GOP is going to take this attempt to humanize him and just use it against us in some way. So that's the only thing I'm nervous about. The story humanizes him, but the GOP doesn't care about human beings. They care about winning. So that's the only thing that makes me nervous about this memoir coming out. But do we think the GOP can come back after what they just what we just went through, like with this country? They always come back. I don't know. Always. They I don't care about our feelings. Yeah, it's gonna be at least eight more years before we can even like, I don't know. I think we're still suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. Now Trump is out here getting ready to start his own social media company. I'm not going on that bitch. You know, uh, Joe Biden, I don't think he's said anything yet. Has he stepped out on the podium, the official podium of the of the world and said, my son is a crackhead or, or is he just silent on the issue? He gets very defensive when you mention um, his son's addiction. He starts to get weepy and angry and red faced. It's one of the things on the campaign trail that they were worried that he wouldn't be able to circumvent. So this is a, a his Achilles heel. It's the it's his weak spot. So I really hope that Hunter told his father that he was going to tell people that he was smoking Parmesan cheese before he told the world because Joe was very protective of his kids and understandably so. He's been through a lot with his family, personally speaking. Parmesan cheese don't even look like crack. What? what? I mean, unless it's like it's yes, it freezer. does. Well, unless it's it does. Freezer. Yes, it does. Unless it's in the freezer and it's clumpy. Like we, I mean, I've seen crack. Have you guys seen crack? I've never. Well, I know. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I grew up in the hood. I my my friends. I, I can see how. Her, her mother was an addict and she would hide the crack in her brother's diaper. And one day I was changing him and that's, that was the first time. Yeah. So. First of all, you can mistake crack with pieces of soap. So yes, Parmesan cheese can definitely resemble crack for yeah. sure. Especially if you're an addict and you scrambling on the ground. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, crack is whack, y'all. Don't do it. Whitney. I don't want I don't Whitney. want nothing that has me scrambling around on the ground. I don't want no nigga. I don't want no crack. I don't want nothing that has me scrambling around on the ground. Like, no. I don't even sleep on the ground. One of my friends recently asked me if I wanted to go camping. Where the fuck I'm going to sleep at? On the ground? Like, I'm not sleeping on the ground. It's not happening. Go glamping. Go glamping. So you're like in a nice, sexy cabin. So you feel like you're camping, but you're not messing up your back. I want to go glamping someday. It's on my list. So yeah, you know, me too. You that's, can't that's you can't wear Valentino while you're camping. Listen, oh uh, I want to send my another shout out and love to DMX, his family, to all the hip hop community. I know I talked to Noriega and everybody's really down. I want to send my love to all of the icons of hip hop. And uh, just ask that people continue to put their arms around DMX. And also think about the people who are not famous that's in your phone that you haven't checked on, but who are in your heart. And have a little empathy and compassion and just check on them. And remember something like I posted on my Instagram today that I need a hug. Some of the strongest people need love, too. And so don't just wait for people to get in their weakest moments for you to check on them because everybody is going through something. Believe it or not, even though Miami and Atlanta are still open. We're still in the middle of a pandemic that we've been in for almost what have we been in it two years yet? Or is this our second year? No, a year. It's a, yeah, we just it's wrapped up. Saying that we're not gonna come out of this until next year. And so my birthday is in four months, and I'm gonna go celebrate my motherfucking birthday. Um, and I hope that everybody's out there celebrating every day like it's their last, uh, because you never know when that last day is coming. Blue damage, I'm out. Love you. Love you, Earl. Have a good one, man. Bye guys. Peace. All right, look, that was a great show. And make sure you keep coming back because we got all types of amazing interviews and topics that are going to make you go crazy. Uh-huh, that's right. That means like, subscribe, do everything you need to do to make sure you stay up to date with what we got going on. And ladies, stay tuned in because you know I have your back. And listen, make sure that you're commenting below because even though I say I don't read it on the show, that's all I do when it's over. Peace.